guys haven't been on Tanya's page or the church page or anything like that, you should just go ahead and shout. Uh, our brother Rob was I'm going to extubate it today. Uh, so, and he's uh, still on an oxygen mask for pressure, I think at an oxygen level of five. But man, look at the word, seeing what we say come to pass. And I'm just so excited about that. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, it's just a testament of God's faithfulness, his goodness. And so, but we're still fasting. We're still praying each day unto 12. Why? Because we know that his until this full manifestation of healing takes place, there are still things to do, right? So you might as well go ahead and praise God. The Marlowe family, we are well, we are healthy, we're whole. Uh, my babies are good. And then my biggest baby, April, she's good. Uh, everybody's coming off of their COVID restriction. Uh, I think the last kid came off today. And then Ava, April comes off tomorrow. And I continue to test negative. So I praise God that for that, for our family. So all is well in the Marlowe household, all is well uh, with Brother Rod, and we pray that all is well with your family as well. So we continue to pray for all of our frontline workers. We continue to pray for all our partners and their families, and we declare that the Lord has healed them all. That is our prayer. There is no one lacking. There is no one insufficient. The Lord has healed them all. He has energized every frontline worker. He has restored their health. He, the angels are watching over them, protecting them, that even though they may work, be working around COVID and other illnesses, that it will not come nigh to our dwelling. God, we thank you uh, that you cover them and that you protect them. That, and even as the frontline workers are going in, that you download insight and understanding and wisdom into their lives on how best to treat the patients. But we thank you, God, that you be the wind behind them pushing them along, giving them the strength so they can go home and be with their families and that their families will be whole, and that their families will be uh, complete. We thank you for peace of mind for them. We thank you, God, for longevity. We thank you for joy. And we come against the, the uh, spirit of suicide. We come against the spirit of depression. We come against the spirit of just exhaustion. And we declare that they are whole and they are complete and that they have everything that they need in Jesus' name. They have everything that they need. Why? Because we need to be covering everybody. I mean, we need to be covering the, the, the teachers as they go back, the school boards, I mean, the, the students and their families. This is not a time to be slack in prayer. So always be praying. All right. And so I'm going to pray again before we get started. But guys, praise God. I, I mean, just praise God. And that's why tonight I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about the impact of praise, because what we don't understand, praise is not the caboose that brings up the end of the train. The praise is the engine that pulls this whole thing along. And so what we got to understand that when we begin to praise God, it completely changes our focus. It gives us the energy and it's the confirmation of our faith. Amen. So Father God, we thank you for tonight, for every person that's on this broadcast. First, Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're an awesome God. We thank you that you're a faithful God. We thank you that you're a loving and gracious and merciful God. We thank you that you have taken all those stripes that we may be whole and complete, and that it is your good will for us to prosper in every area of your life. We thank you that as we sit down tonight and discuss your word, God, that our mind and ears and our hearts will be open to receive your word. We thank you that your word will be a seed 
planted in our hearts to bring forth good fruit, Father, so that we may exemplify your kingdom in this earth. And men will know, want to know who you are because of the good lives that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so tonight we're going to be talking about the impact of praise. We're going to get right into it tonight. Like I said, invite a friend, tag a friend, because if you're not careful, you'll look at the what did you read in the news, what you see on TV, and everything that's happening around you, and your feelings and the things that the, uh, in your environment will begin to to, to wear on you. And before you know it, your mouth will be clammed shut. You won't be praising God because you're so focused on what's happening in society. You're focused on the COVID numbers. You're focused on whether you're going to get another check from the government for uh, rebates or whatever it is. You're focused on unemployment. You're focused on this. But our focus must always be on the word of God. So let's start at Psalms 100 verse 4. It says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I'm not sure about you, but when I read that, that doesn't sound like a suggestion. That sounds like the way that we should approach the throne. So everything that we do needs to be done in Thanksgiving and needs to be done with praise. Uh, in my notes, it says praise changes your life because it changes your outlook. It changes your perspective because it does not allow you to focus on two things at once. So this is what I want you to do. Let's do a little exercise. I want you to picture, you can close your eyes, keep them open, whatever works for you, but picture this. Picture a red balloon floating in the air with a yellow string hanging from it. Hear the sounds of kids outside screaming at a birthday party, right? So you got the red balloon, the balloons are floating, the kids are running around playing tag, they're screaming. Picture all this. Now open your mouth up and say, praise God. Open your mouth up and say, thank you, Jesus. Open up, up your mouth and say, God, I give you the glory. What happened to the images that were in your head of the balloon? What happened to the sounds of the kids playing? All of that stopped. You know why it stopped? Because when you begin to praise God, your perspective began to be on God. So though you were thinking about the kids and the balloons, and some of y'all probably smell the, uh, the, the, uh, the icing on the birthday cake, or you, you tasted the salt from the ice cream, right? But when you begin to open your mouth and when you begin to praise God, all of your focus, all of your perspective went to God. And so what's happening with so many believers is this, is that we're not opening our mouth to praise God. That's why we feel overwhelmed. That's why we feel defeated. That's why we don't feel like we can make it because our focus is wrong because we refuse to open our mouth and give God praise. So go ahead right now. We'll take several breaks. Take three seconds right now. And just praise God. God, I thank you that I'm here tonight. God, I thank you that I'm here tonight in my right mind. God, I thank you that I'm here tonight in my right mind and I can move all my limbs. So just praise God. And you're like, well, because you know some people today became amputees, right? Some people today didn't wake up and weren't able to breathe air. Some people today aren't able to sit up with their own right because they're in a wheelchair and people got to move them around. So God, I just thank you because you're worthy. I thank you because you deserve all the glory. I thank you because you've asked me to enter into your courts with thanksgiving, into your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. So you got to do that same thing when 
when the negative happened, right? So if I get a bill in the mail or, or, or somebody gets sick or you get bad news, that is not the time to say what you heard. That's the time to say what God is saying. That's the time to praise God because here's the thing we'll get to in a minute. Praise is a confirmation of your faith for the finished works of God. That's what that is. That's what praise is. So no matter the situation, I can always change my perspective when I begin to praise God. Doesn't matter if I don't have enough money. Doesn't matter if I don't have enough time. Doesn't matter if I don't feel like I have enough resources. When I begin to praise God, it shifts me. It doesn't move God. It moves me because it, what it does, it puts me in the right place to align with God, to agree with God. So I could be advanced to the place that God desires for me to be. My praise shifts me. And my praise is not a response to something, my, but my praise is the power that gets things going. I'll say that again to you. My praise is not a response to something, but my praise is the, uh, the power that gets things moving. It's not the caboose. It's not. It's not the caboose at the end of the train. But my praise is what powers the train. My praise is the engine. My praise is what fuels things, right? And see, so many of you feel like you can't praise God because you don't feel like nothing happened. The only way you feel like nothing has happened is that you'll step all the way out of faith and you're operating all the way in your flesh. Why? Because when you understand that everything has been finished on your behalf, that God has given you everything that you need, everything for life and godliness, that is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, that he has given you Holy Spirit to cause his love of God, for his love to be shed abroad in your heart so that he may do exceeding exceeding abundantly above everything that you can ask or imagine what? According to what? That power that works on the inside of you. What's that power? The Holy Spirit. So as I allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of me and I allow him to confirm God's finished work. When we talked about it was Sunday, that God's a man that he cannot lie. God can be trusted, right? So as I allow that to manifest in my heart and become big, then that's why praise energizes me because I know that no matter the situation that I'm already victorious. Why? Because he told me that. That's what he told me. So, so we got to understand that praise is powerful and it causes God to search after me. Did you know that your praise causes God to look at, look for you? Let's go to John 4 and 23. In John 4 and 23, it says, but the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father does what? Seeks such to worship him. So God is out seeking those that are choosing to praise him. He's a, so, so when I begin to praise God, it makes God come looking for me. That's what he tells you that God inhabits in the praise of his people. So when I begin to praise God, it causes God to seek me out. The father seeks such to worship him. That's what he does. So the enemy's job, not his job, but what he tries to get us to do is make us feel overwhelmed. He wants us to feel like that the, that the work isn't finished because you're not going to praise something that's not already completed. And for a lot of us, that's an indicator of our faith is it's a litmus test. You're not praising because you don't feel like it's finished. 
You don't feel like you got the house. You don't feel like you're healed already. You don't feel like you're out of debt. You don't feel like your marriage is whole. You don't feel like your mind is right. You don't praise because you don't feel like it's finished. Because when something's finished, you praise, you praise about it. You praise about it. Let's keep going. Colossians 2, verses 7. Verse 7. I'm actually going to read verse six and seven. My bad. It says, you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord. So continue to live as Christ's people. Sink your roots in him and build on him. Be strengthened by the faith that you were taught and overflow with thanksgiving. And overflow with thanksgiving. So as I begin to be strengthened by the faith that was taught to me, I overflow with thanksgiving. So as I begin to understand that Christ has already given me victory, as I begin to understand that Christ has already brought me healing, as I understand that Christ's love, his grace, and his mercy has brought me peace of mind, then what accompanies that faith is an overflow of thanksgiving, is an overflow of praise. So a lack of praise can be seen as an indicator of a lack of faith. Think about this. When your children do well on their report card, what do you do? You praise them. When someone scores a touchdown, what do you do? You praise them. When your favorite team or any team wins a championship, what happens? You praise them. Praise is what's given when a work is finished. Praise is what's given when a work is finished. And see, if you don't shout there, then you already see that you don't understand that you already got have won the battle, that the victory has already been given to you. Praise is what's given when a work is finished. So, so you got to understand that I can praise God in every situation because in every situation that I already know that the outcome is going to work out in my favor. And see what the problem is so many times we look at the outcome based on our earthly perspective. Well, it didn't work out with what earth said was a victory, but baby, whether here's the thing. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you got to understand it's already been worked out for on your behalf. And the lack of your praise is indication that you don't feel like that it's a finished work. So that's how we can relate praise to faith, because we understand that praise is energy. energy. It moves things forward. God seeks out those that praise him. And so when I understand that it is a finished work, I praise God. And so you just need to ask yourself, when was the last time you praised God? Did you praise him today? How about yesterday? Did you praise God this week at all so far? You got to understand praise is the pulse, right, of life. That's what it is. Praise is the pulse. So, and that's what Colossians was saying. Be strengthened in the word so that you, that you were taught and praise God for it. Be strengthened in the word that you were taught and praise God for. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57. I mean, verse 57. It says, thank God that he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you waiting to praise until the work is finished is not faith. And, and what I mean until the work is finished, until it's finished on earth. Because faith is not needed for things that you can see with your eyes. So, so you're saying, well, God, I'll praise you when the light bill come through. I mean, the, the, I'll praise you when the new house come through. I'll praise you when the healing manifests. No, praise, that's why it says, 
work it out through faith and thanksgiving and praise. So I praise God now because I know God, when he went to Calvary, took the stripes and by his stripes I'm healed. I praise God now for Brother Rod because Brother Rod is already healed. I'm not waiting for him to be healed. Rod is healed. So I praise God today that Rod is healed. I praise God today that he sits in his in his house with his family. He barbecues and he goes to his girl's game. I praise God for that today. Why? Because it is a finished work. Why? We give praise when things are already completed. That's what you do. But see, what you're trying to do, I, I don't need I don't need faith to to believe that I can I, I have this cup in my hand. I can see it. I don't need faith to believe for uh, wireless headphones. I can see it. And for so many people, you can't praise God because you're waiting on something to show up, but you don't have faith exercise to receive it. And that's why your mouth stay closed. That's why you're you you use praises the caboose. But really, you're just thanking God for what work or what thing may occur in this earth. It's not that God has blessed you with anything per se. It's not that, let me rephrase, it's not that you have believed for anything. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes you charge someone on a credit card and you say it's faith, but you really charged it. That wasn't faith. You just went out there and got debt. God didn't approve that. That's not how God told you to do it. Sometimes you just take the job and it makes more money, but you're still outside the will of God. That's not faith. You made more money, but that's not faith. And so we try to uh, mentally assent to this thing of faith and we try to put praise on it. We think in God, but God didn't bless that. That was you. And so you got to understand that when we praise God, it totally changes our perspective. When we praise God, it's not something that we do at the end. It's something we do at the beginning because we understand that the work is already done. And what I will not do and what I pray that you will not do is that you can't allow your senses to interfere with your ability to praise God. I don't care what the doctors are saying. I don't care how my body is feeling. I don't care what society and the economy is saying. I don't care how exhausted I feel. What I must do is continually praise God. Why? Because that is the energy. That is the confirmation. That's the, that is the my, my sounding appeal to God to let him know that I trust you, God. It's my sounding appeal to let God know that I, that, that I know he'll come through, that he's already come through, that it's already done. And so as, as you sit there tonight, as you hear me talking tonight, what thing are you not putting your praise on? I mean, and sometimes we can praise in some areas, but we don't praise in other areas. We can praise God for healing, but when it comes to our money, we are not as quick to open our mouths. We can praise God when it comes to getting a new job, but we can't praise God when we talk about reconciliation of our relationships. We can praise God when it's X, but when the Y comes, we don't praise God. Why? Because you got to understand that you're always growing in your faith. That you are that 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 your spirit man is always aligned with God, but your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your imagination, your emotions, and your intellect, are always coming into agreement with God has said. So you may have a thermostat that's set high and, and works well when it comes to money, but then when it comes to healing, then that's not your thing. You just got to get in the word because knowledge of the word increases your faith. And as you know that that thing is a finished work, then the pulse will come alive and praise will come out your mouth as a confirming fact that you know that God has already done it. 
All right. So let's keep talking. I will not allow my emotions to impact my praise. Go ahead and type that. I won't allow my emotions to impact my praise. Praise has nothing to do with how you feel, but everything, everything to do with the things that God has already finished. Everything to do with all, what God has already finished. So let's go to John 14. And in John 14 and 1, you're going to find, we're going to talk about the story. Uh, uh, this is when Jesus is with his disciples. All right. And in John 14 and 1, this is the night before he's going to be crucified. And this is what Jesus tells him. He says, John, John 14 and 1, he says, don't be troubled. Believe God and believe in me. Now, Jesus gave them a command. Don't let your, and pretty much he, in another translation, it says, don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified, right? And so now that we're thinking about that, we're like, Jesus, you're telling them not to let their hearts be troubled when you know that you're about to be crucified, when you know what's about to uh, happen. Ain't that a little insensitive? You, you know that you're about to die, but you're telling them not to let their hearts be troubled. What was Jesus knowing? What was he talking about? What was he understanding that we didn't understand? It says the disciples were going to witness Christ arrested, their denial of him, and then crucified. And Jesus talking about, don't let your heart be troubled. Like what? Then in John 16 and 33, this is what Jesus says. He says, I told you this so that my peace will be with you. In the world, you will have trouble, but cheer up. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. See, Jesus wasn't asking them to have peace based on what they were about to see. He wasn't asking them to have peace based on what they were about to see. He knew uh, they were about to see him hung on the cross. He knew that he was going to be beaten. He knew that he was going to be pierced and that he was going to be striped, uh, beaten. He knew that he was going to die. He knew all of that. He knew that he was going to be buried. He knew that he'll be resurrected. And he did also know that he will raise with all power in his hands. He says, I have already overcome the world. That's why he told his disciples to do what? Cheer up. Don't let your heart be troubled. I have overcome the world. So the disciples rejoicing will come from their faith in the fact that Jesus had overcome the world and guaranteed us victory. So Jesus was saying, I know I'm about to die, but baby, I've overcome the world. Don't look at what's happening now. Look at the finished work. He says, have faith in the fact that I've overcome this world. Have faith in the fact that nothing that come against you can prosper. Have faith in the fact that I have given you all power to do the same works and even greater works that I've done. Have faith in that, disciples. That's what he said. That's what he wanted them to have faith in. And if you choose, and that's what Jesus was saying, that's how he said, hey, look, don't be troubled. Believe God. Believe only in me. Let your heart not be troubled. Because Jesus was saying, so many times you focus on what you see in the right now. So many times you focus on how you feel right now. So many times you focus on the current situation. He says, little one, cheer up. I've already overcome that. I've already overcome sickness. I've already overcome debt. I've already overcome poor relationships. I've already overcome depression. I've already overcome bad marriages. I've already overcome poor relationships. I've already overcome unemployment. I've already overcome the world, baby. Have faith in that. That's why you praise me. That's why you lift me up. 
That's why praise comes from your mouth because it's the finished works that I'm cheering on. Why? Because praise is an indication that something has already taken place. It says disciples rejoicing come from their faith in the fact that Jesus had overcome the world. We get so caught up in caring times and we forget that who, who owns eternity. You can never forget who owns eternity. Jesus owns eternity and that eternity is promised victory. And here's the other thing that you can't forget, that in his death, you have power. In his death, when he died, it gave you access to Holy Spirit. It gave you access to the, the power source. It gave you access to dunamis. You got everything that you need. Why? Because it's finished. The fight is fixed. But only when you walk around with a mouth closed do you not think the fight is fixed. Why? Because you're not being impacted by the finished work. That's why praise can't flow out your mouth. So in all situations, this is what you got to do. You got to say what God has said and you got to praise him that it's done. You got to say what God has said and you got to praise him uh, for what he's done. Why? He commands you once again, Romans 4 and 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. How often should I rejoice in the Lord? Y'all go ahead and put in the com comments. I, I got time. We, we've got good time. How often should I rejoice? It says rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord when things are going well. Rejoice in the Lord when I got more money than I got bills. Rejoice in the Lord when my marriage is good. Rejoice in the Lord when my kids are obedient. Rejoice in the Lord when I got a job paying me a lot of money. No, it says rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And then in case you forget, again, I say what? Rejoice. There's no reason you can't praise God. You praise God in all situations. You praise God in all situations. If your life lacks praise, once again, it's an indication of death, death of your faith. Our praise is like a pulse for the believer. Praise is like a pulse for the believer. So you know how people, if, you, if somebody passes out or something like that happens, the first thing they do is what? Check their pulse. They wanna know is if there's a heartbeat, is there life for the believer? Do you have praise? Is there a pulse? Is there a life? Do you open your mouth up and thank God? Is there a pulse? Is there life? Because if there's no praise, there's no pulse. You're dead in your faith. Why? Because you're not believing that it's already done. You're not believing. All right. Uh, and, and look at it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's check out uh, Paul and Silas over in Acts. I mean, if anybody had a choice to be discouraged, if anybody had a choice to uh, to be down on a uh, down and out and, and, and want to just give up on life, it was Paul and Silas. It says the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Then the officials tore the clothes off Paul and Silas and ordered the guards to beat them with sticks. It says after they had hit Paul and Silas many times, they threw them down. They threw them in the jail and ordered the jailer to keep them under tight security. So the jailer followed these orders and put Paul and Silas in solitary confinement with their feet, leg, and irons. Around midnight. 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, a violent earthquake shook the foundations of the jail. All the doors immediately flew open and all the prisoners' chains came loose. The jailer woke up and saw the prisoners' doors open. That brother panicked. Thinking they had escaped, he drew his sword. He about to kill himself. But Paul shouted as loudly as he could, could, don't hurt yourself, we right here. The jailer asked for the torches and rushed into the jail. He was trembling as he knelt in front of Paul and Silas. Then he took Paul and Silas outside and asked this, sir, 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 what do I have to do to be saved? Now, let's take a minute. Let's digest what just happened, right? They were Roman citizens. They didn't get a court trial. They didn't get to go before the judge. They didn't get anything. So they just got thrown in jail, which was which is something that they that shouldn't happen, right? They didn't get due process. They just got locked up and then they were changed. And, and, and then in the middle of it, Paul and Silas began to sing songs to the Lord. They praised God. You was like, well, how in the world, why would they praise God in the middle of being jailed? Think about it. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. What is something that the fruit of the Spirit gives you? I'll wait. What's something that the fruit of the Spirit gives you that you should have at all times? All right, you should have this at all times. Think about the fruit. Why? How could they praise God in the middle of being jailed? Because the fruit of the Spirit gives you joy. It didn't matter how they felt. It didn't matter what was going on. When I have the Holy Spirit, I have joy. So, so what am I saying? Ralph, could you be in a situation? You can have joy at a funeral. You can have joy at a birthday party. You can have joy when somebody's delivering a baby. You can have joy when you're getting laid off. You can have joy when your marriage is going well. You can have joy when your bank account is in the negative. You can have joy. Yes, you did, Pastor Sean. You got to, I will get you a gold sticker. You got to answer right. Yes, you can have joy. And so many times as believers, that's why the, and I love this scripture. Uh, that's why he talks about Matthew 22 and 29. You don't know me and you don't, you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power that I gave you. That's what he said. Matthew 22 and 29. You don't know the scripture and you don't know the power. Why? Because if you understood that, this joy, <laughs> I see it, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. But so many times we allow the world, we allow how we feel about COVID. We allow how we feel about our money. We allow how we feel about our spouse. We allow how we feel about our job. We allow always about how we, no, y'all playing games. I ain't about to sing nothing out here. Y'all ain't gonna have me out here before the world embarrassing me. Uh, but I appreciate the fact for the encouragement. All right. I appreciate that. But, uh, but no, we, so many times we're impacted by the world. And what happens is when you get impacted by the world, you shift out of faith into fear. You shift out of the spirit into flesh and in flesh, there's no praise that in the flesh, think about this in the flesh, you're not praising anybody until you can see it with your eyes. But in the spirit, we're praising praising God on the front end because by faith, we know it's already finished. 
See the difference? So, so that's why I'm saying without praise, you don't have a pulse. It's an indication of death to your faith. It's an indication that you're operating in fear. So I have to understand that, hey, if I only praise him when I'm prompted by Pastor Chris on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock when her in Elder Valley are, are in praise and worship, if I'm only praising when Pastor Edwin or Pastor Sean or Pastor Ralph or Minister Chandra or whoever is leading prayer, if, if that was the only time I'm praising, then honestly, I'm not really alive. I got paddles on my chest being resuscitated at times only to live for a moment and just you're living from moment to moment, but you can't live forever and be prosperous in life based on 30 minutes of worship that Pastor Chris and Elder Valley gives us. It's just not possible. Praise should be what? Continuous. It should be always. That's what it says. So also check out, we're back to Paul and Solace. Do y'all notice that when they praised God and those gates went open, that they didn't run out? Paul, they were not praising God to be free. They were praising God because they were already free. They were praising God because the joy on the inside of them couldn't be contained. And see, this is what we got to understand. In the middle of being laid off, in the middle of walking out of your job because you just got your papers, you can still yet praise God because you know that freedom, liberty already belongs to you. Liberty of what? Liberty of debt. Liberty of not having enough, liberty from poverty, liberty from depression, liberty from all those things. And then when I walk out of there, I can expect God to give me a plan of action on what's next. I can give, expect God to give me wisdom. I can expect God to give me favor. And then I can expect God to show up in my life and give me miracles on top of miracles on top of miracles if that's what's needed. And I praise God because the work is already done. It's finished. So when the gates burst open, they didn't even leave their sails. They they were praising. If they were praising for escape, they would have left. And see, so many of you, you're praising for escape. You're praising to get out of something. You're praising for this. But hold on. I want you to watch this because I'm about to tell you something in a second. It says their praise caused something to happen. What happened when they began to praise? Okay, yeah, the, the doors uh, slung open, right? I mean, I wish these comments were faster and, and, and the way they come through. Yeah, the doors slung open. Yeah, they were, they, so the gates of the jail were open, all of them open, not just theirs. Hear me, as they praised God from the joy that bubbled over and within them, they didn't just get free. I want y'all to just keep that. All the doors of the jail were open. Not only that, they were shackled within their jail. The shackles that were on them fell off. And then what happened? The jailer saw it. See, that's what's going to happen. The jailer saw it. The jailer came to them and he said, hey, hey, sir, who do you serve? And see, that's what God is wanting you to do. Your praise is the energy. It's the, it's the driving force. It's the confirmation that I already believe that God's done what he said he's going to do. God, I already thank you for the uh for the house. God, I already thank you for the, the money. I already thank you for the uh that. But God, I appreciate all that. But God, I thank you for my neighbor. I thank you that my mama, because this in, in FOC, this is your household salvation. I thank you, Lord, that my sister's saved. I thank you that every addiction on her life is broken. I thank you that you take the taste of everything that's not of the kingdom 
out of her mouth and out of her body. I think you surround her with an environment, a team of people that will lead her to your goodness. Because why? This is a year of household salvation. So their praise said to Jella free. And the jailer was like, hold up, hold up. I just can't be free. Will you come to my house? And that whole house was saved. Why? Because I, and I want to, I think I put this coming in here. This is, has become my truth right here. The gospel is more important than your personal freedom. The gospel is more important than your personal freedom. And, and I want you to think about what am I saying there? I'm saying it's more important than than my reputation. It's more important than my money. It's more important than material things. It's more important than all of that because God is going to ensure that you're free, but your the gospel is more important than your personal freedom. Paul and Silas was more concerned about making sure the good news went forth than they were about their own personal freedoms. But baby, when you begin to make the gospel that important, when you begin to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's when all things are added unto you, baby. That's when you get all those things that you desire. That's when abundant, abundantly above all you can ask or think or even imagine becomes relevant and manifests physically in your life because you make the gospel more important than your own personal freedom. You make the gospel more important than anything else. God, I know I love to be debt free, but God, what I want more most is for your kingdom to grow. God, I love uh, to have the biggest house in America, but God, more than that, I just want people to know Jesus. God, I love to have all of these all of this happened, Father, but even if I had to stay here in this three-bedroom house, God, this two-bathroom house, God, I'd rather have that, Father, and see to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I'd rather have that, Father, to be able to lay hands on those that are bound and for those chains to be broken off their lives. Why? Because the gospel has to be the most important thing in our life. And when we make the gospel the most important thing in our life, then freedom does occur. All the rest of it will come. It says, so you got to ask yourself when we say we're going to take up our cross and follow him. The gospel is more important than my personal freedom. It's more important than me moving to uh, Atlanta. It's more important than me moving to Tulsa. It's more important than that. Though that's what I want to do, the gospel is more important than that. So I'll stay put, God, till you tell me it's time to go. I know I want a new job, and I know I want to go somewhere else, but God, I didn't feel like you told me I could go. So the gospel is more important than my personal freedom, my personal desires. God, I choose you over my job. I choose you over relocating. I choose you over uh, being unequally yoked with somebody you told me not to be with. I choose you over my own opinion. God, I choose you. Why? Because that's what he has asked us to do. So as we continue, it says, and we're talking about Paul and Silas here. As we continue, it says, then he had the same people. See, here it is. Uh, Paul and Silas, they got they, the old boy got saved, the whole family got saved, and they and they came. He came back. The jailer came back and said, "Hey, uh, they said you can leave Paul and Silas." And Paul and Silas was like, "Hold up, no, they don't wrongfully put us in jail. So what we want them to do is escort us up out this jail. We want them to show that we free. Walk us to the gate." 
And so Paul, and, and he came back and said, they'll do it. So the same people who wrongfully jailed them had to escort them out to the city. So many of you have been ridiculed have been ridiculed and you focused on the people that's talking bad on you you focused on your haters you focused on the people who injured you and wronged you in childhood and all of that but your focus gotta always be on god's finished work so as paul and Silas was there there was like this joy that i have i mean the world didn't give it <laughs> the world can't take it away so even in the midst of being chained in jail i'm gonna yet praise god I'm going to lift the father up because even though that I'm jailed, I thank God for breath. I thank God for life. I thank God that I can open my mouth up and thank, uh, praise his name. I choose to focus on that joy that God has given me. And so you have to get to the point that you praise God regardless, whether you see deliverance in this lifetime, whether you see deliverance in the next lifetime, God, I will still yet praise your name. I'll still worship you. Whether I get debt free now or my debt freedom is manifested in heaven, God, I'll still praise you. Whether every relationship on earth now is whole and complete and manifests itself or if it's manifested in heaven, God, I will not stop praising you. Why? Because I understand that at the end of the day, victory belongs to me. But in the earth, so many of us see victory as finite. If it doesn't happen right now, then it's not victory. You can't even, I mean, you got more faith in, in fast food than you got in God. You'll be willing to sit at McDonald's line for 45 minutes for some fries and a burger. I mean, but you can't wait 45 minutes on God without doubting him. I mean, you, if you like Chick-fil-A, you've been in that. If you go that line uh, in that line around lunch, you got to wait. Some of y'all are willing to wait on Amazon packages longer than you wait on God. And we know you ain't waiting long for an Amazon package, right? Two-day prime, baby. Sometimes it's overnight. You can't get so caught up that you believe a restaurant. You believe a shipping company more than you believe God. You can't do that. You, you I mean, think about it. You know McDonald's. If, if nobody else was in line, you get your stuff real quick. But you're willing to, to be wrapped around a building, waiting 45 minutes, waiting an hour and a half to eat in a restaurant, Wait, waiting all this time. If you brought a new car, you got it customized. You wait six months for delivery. You And see, you praise God for that car. You praise him for that car. Why? Because in your mind, it's already done. You hit submit on that order. You hit submit on that car. You hit submit on Amazon. So you know the package is on the way. The only reason you're not praising God and you're not thanking God is because you don't believe it's on it already done. You don't need believe the package has already been delivered. Why? Because the impact of praise on our life is to shift us into understanding that praise is the energy that causes us to experience. It's already done. But praise is a choice and you got to choose to praise God. You're not you're not a robot. God didn't program you to, to praise him. Your spirit is in alignment with God. It wants to praise God. It wants to always worship God. It always wants to put God in his proper place. But you're a tripartite being. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your soul is the one that that that, that, that gets you in your body. 
It's too early. It's 530 in the morning. I don't feel like praising God. I'm going back to sleep. Or man, I worked all day long. I worked all day long. I, I, I put in 12 hours. I don't feel like praising God. Well, you feel like being defeated. You feel like not confirming your faith because the first thing I read to you, it says, as you operate in your faith and do what? Giving thanksgiving and what? Praise. Why? Your feelings can interfere. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwelling on inside of you uh, gives you the fruit of the Spirit. And one of those attributes of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. So it joy isn't based on how you feel. It's based on who you know. Joy isn't based on the circumstances. It's based on who you know. Joy isn't based on whether uh, it's going right or whether it's going wrong. Joy is based on who you know. And because I know Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost knows me, I can have joy in every situation. I can open my mouth and praise God in every situation. It doesn't matter what the money looks like. It doesn't matter what my body feels like. It doesn't matter what my boss is saying. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I can choose keyword being choose to access the joy given to me by Holy Spirit. Let that thing overflow in my life and begin to praise God. Why? Because praise is not my caboose. It's not my caboose. It's not your caboose. Praise is not your caboose. And so when you choose not to praise God, you choose to be the victim. All right. You choose to be the victim. And you, as a believer, you're called to be a victor, not a victim. So you just got to get rid of all those excuses and do what God say. Why? Because God, God's going to do what God said he's going to do. He's a man of his word. You got to do what God say. What does God tell you to do in Philippians 4 and 6? Before y'all put it up there, hold up. What does God tell y'all believers? What does God tell y'all to do in Philippians 4 and 6? Go ahead. And, we got it's only like a 30 second delay. We got time. I'm a teacher. I'm all about waiting. What does God tell you to do in Philippians 4 and 6? If you, it, and, and Pastor Kristen gave you a cheat sheet out there. So she already put it out there a little bit for you. She owned it. So, so what does it tell you to do? If you didn't see the comment already, it says don't worry about anything. I like it, Michelle. Thank you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and do what? Thank him that it's already done. That's what God tells us to do. Now, I want to read that out of King James Version. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, I got to read verse 7. Because when you do that, and the peace of God, which pass all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You don't got peace because you're being careful for all things. You don't have peace because you ain't bringing everything to God in prayer and supplication. You don't have peace in your mind because you ain't praising him that it's already done. This ain't Ralph talking about you. This is what the word is saying. I'm just reading Bible to you. Why? Because it says, when you be careful or not, let me put it in a paraphrase for you. Don't worry, but when you don't worry about anything, but you pray about everything and you praise God that is done, peace will overwhelm you. It will surpass all your understanding. It'll keep your heart and your mind because Christ will cause you uh, because of Christ. That's what it's telling you. 
So if you're fearful, you're wearing, you're depressed, you're uneasy, you're not at peace, it's because you haven't gave, given everything to God. Because you do, let me tell you what that word in the Greek, I'm going to get real deep with you right here. In the Hebrew, in the Greek, that word nothing, guess what it means? Well, guess what that word nothing means? It means nothing. Real deep, ain't it? Be careful for what? Nothing. I don't got to be careful for nothing. There are no exceptions. Nothing is nothing in every language. So contrary to popular opinion, having problems is not a reason to worry. I'll say that again for you. Having problems. Because what did, what did Jesus tell them? He says, you will have challenges in this world. But don't worry about it. Why? Because I've already overcome the world. Don't worry about that. Anything you see in the world, Jesus said, don't worry about it. Why? I've already overcome the world. So I don't have a reason to worry. That's why I can be careful of nothing. You can give God as much as God says give. You can give. I, I, Pastor, I just read your comment. Even this having problems is not a reason oh it's up there having problems is not a reason to wear it i'm just telling y'all what i've been telling myself this is because as we were talking sunday and i've been talking about i remember god i remember god i just like i've been in this constant place of praise i was like man it, it really does just shift you it doesn't matter what's happening in the earth when, when the kids got COVID, i can honestly say i had zero concern about that zero concern about that even if they had to go to the hospital even if we had to do uh, all three other kids and my wife i had no concern why because i was completely assured that god had over already overcome the world i had complete assurance that that i had already seen myself with my grandkids taking them to disney while aiden and ava and major with their spouse had had time to themselves i already seen all that and God wouldn't let me see that only for me to envy it and not be able to enjoy it. So God, I th I just thank God because of the fact I had all my grandkids was indication that they're going to live long enough to have some kids. So COVID couldn't take them out. The fact that I was at Disney with my grandkids was indication that my boo, April, was there with me. So I didn't have to worry about that. So many times you get caught up on what you're seeing currently and you lose focus on what's final and what god has already assured you so don't lose focus that's what he's saying be careful for nothing don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and praise him for what he's done that's when the peace of god will pass all under all understanding and he should keep your hearts and mind through jesus christ that's what he says so you can give god I like that, Josh. You got 99 problems, but where you ain't one. You can give God as much as God says. That's why I don't got to look at my bank account when it comes to giving when God says give. Why? What does it tell us in Philippians 4 and 6? Uh, be careful for nothing. I don't got to be careful in my sewing. I don't got to be careful in how I love people. And see, this is going to touch some of y'all. I know he hurt you. I know they may abuse you. I know that you think that you got to do all of these things to protect yourself. But be careful for nothing. God is your protector. 
If God told you to send them flowers, you're not letting your wall down by obeying God. You're doing what God said do. Be careful for nothing. So many of you are trying to protect yourself in relationships. That's why you ain't never found the person you need because you're always out there trying to protect yourself. You can't get what God has for you, always trying to guard yourself. You got to be careful for nothing. So I give the money that God says give. Well, God, I only got $100 in the bank and you asked for me for $100. Be careful for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, God, I thank you that I have the opportunity to give $100 that you only blessed me with. The only reason I got this hundred is because you blessed me with life to experience this hundred. So God, I thank you that I get to give this back to you or I get to give this to your kingdom through blessing somebody with groceries, through helping somebody's bill. I don't got to be careful with my money when God tells me to give. I don't got to be careful with who I love when God tells me to love them. If God said love them, you already taken care of. If God said that they the one, you already taken care of. But careful looks like, oh, he too short. Careful looks like, oh, he too tall. Careful looks like, well, he don't work the job I thought he'd have. Careful means, well, he got he 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 got a southern draw, and I was looking for a city man. That's what careful looks like. Careful looks like disobedience. Because you think you know better than what God knows when it comes to your own life. But you forget, he's the one before the beginning of time chose to create you. He's the one that has thoughts knew the thoughts that he had towards you to give you an expected end. You can't experience as God's expected end as long as you're being careful, intermingling, and messing with what he told you to do. Careful looks like disobedience. Wary is disobedience. Wary is disobedience. And I'll say it again. I'll say that for myself. Wary is disobedience because you can't be in faith and be wary at the same time. And if we're in, not in faith, we don't please God. So let's keep going. We're at 57 minutes. Let's keep going. So you disobey God when you look at the current situation and not his finished work. Your praise gets choked out by reality instead of being energized by heaven and eternity. Your praise is choked out by reality. Reality chokes out your praise because reality in the earth hardly ever lines up in most situations with heaven. That's why God said that out what you have the ability on earth to make what's in heaven show up on earth. Why? He already knew your reality on earth wouldn't always look like heaven. That's why he gave you the power to speak things into existence. That's why he gave you the power to do it. He said, Pastor Chris, your reality won't always look like heaven. So I'm going to give you dominion. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you all the tools necessary. And I'm going to give you the same power that I have so that you can speak to the earth like I spoke to the earth. And it will manifest what you say. Because as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And Pastor Chris begins to praise God. Why? Because she knows that the final is already finished. So she doesn't care what reality looks like because reality changes based off your faith. Your faith changes your reality. 
That's why he's telling us to meditate on the word both day and night, to observe, to do all that's written within. That's why he wants us to do that. So we may have prosperous and that we may have good success. Success comes through the knowledge of the word of God. Why does success come? Through the knowledge of the word of God, because the knowledge of work of the word of God is what causes our faith to be strong. And why is faith important? Because it's what brings into the manifestation in the earthly realm all the promises of God. How shall the just live? The just shall live by what? Faith. So as I begin to have knowledge of God, as I begin to have knowledge of his goodness, as I begin to have knowledge of his faithfulness, as I begin to have knowledge that he's a man that he shouldn't lie, then that begins to cause the muscle of my faith to grow stronger. As the muscle of my faith grows stronger, it connects me more to see clearly and visibly 2020 vision on the finished work of God. As I see the finished work of God, then it causes the joy of the Holy Spirit to bubble up in my life because I see the finished work. The joy manifests itself and I begin to open my mouth and praise God. That's the impact that praise has. It is confirming what faith has already done. Well, it's confirming what God has already done and that we have seen through faith, rather. So we got to rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And again, I say rejoice. So as we close, I want to point out the Lord's Prayer. If you notice the Lord's Prayer, it does this. It starts with praise. It makes a request. And what does it end with? It ends with praise. So if you go back to Philippians, it says, don't worry about anything and say pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him that it's already done. So, Father God, I thank you that you're a loving and wonderful God. I thank you that you're the creator of everything. I thank you that you're all power and that you're ever present. I thank you that there's nothing that I could have ever imagined that I desired in my life that you have not already thought of and already provided for me. So, God, I thank you that because I know that to be true and that you are the man that you cannot lie, I, I, I come requesting and already knowing that you have paid my mortgage. I already know that you have healed my body. I already know that you have delivered my kids. I already know that you have brought that. So I declare and decree that those things are true in my life. I declare and decree that my mind is whole. I declare and decree that I have more income than I have month. I declare and decree that I'm out of debt my needs are met and I have plenty more to put in store. I declare and decree that my family is saved. I declare and decree that even as my children go out of my presence into this school, that nothing will come upon them that will harm them. I thank you that you have rebuked the enemy and like a flood, you will come in and you wipe away from them. So I declare and decree those things to be true. I thank you that every frontline worker, I thank you that every teacher, I thank you that every person that steps foot in school, that looks over patients, that look over children, I thank you that their lives are whole. I thank you that you're energizing them. Now, even when their bodies grow weary, Father, I thank you that you come in and you refuel them with your spirit. I thank you that they have peace of mind in their homes. I thank you that their families are blessed. I thank you that they have more than, than more than enough in every area of their life. I thank you, Lord. I declare and decree that they have abundance. And Father, I know that all this is true because you are good and faithful, Father. I thank you that I know it is all true because you have loved us before the beginning of time. I know 
know that it's true because even in the midst of being a sinner, even in the midst of you knowing that I will deny you, even in the midst of you knowing that I will walk away from you and lie to you, you still chose to create me from the dust of the earth. You still chose me to put me in the womb of Gail Scott. You ch still chose the, the, egg, the egg of Gail and the, the sperm of Sam to come together to make me. So if you saw, thought so much of me to make it come to pass, I know that you will answer these prayers, God. I know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, I bless your name for that. I thank you, God, for salvation for our household. I thank you for salvation for FOC. I thank you that every partner, every family member, every partner of this ministry is saved, set free, and delivered. Why? How can I pray that with such confidence? How do we know? Because you spent time getting to know the knowledge of God. You spent, and that knowledge of God has built up your faith. And that faith has called you to know that God is good. And, and, this, and I'm telling you, you can do it. Because I remember, <laughs> uh, I saw somebody type that. And I, I remember being in the hospital with my mama as, uh, and on her last day and holding her hand as the machines beat. And, and I remember just praising God right there. And I'm thinking, and then in hindsight, it's like, it, it's a real, it's a real moment. I'm like, all I could do is find myself praising God because I felt like the enemy was wanting me to be down and, and depressed. And, it, and I mean, I, I miss my mama physically. And this is what we get so caught up in. We get so caught up sometimes in reality. So I sat there and I held my mama's hand as, as that line went from the eco machine or whatever it's called, went from little lines to flat as we heard the beat and the doctor sounds as I held my mom, I just praise God. I thank God. I said, God, I'll choose to, I, I appreciate the, the 20 something years that, that I got to keep, that I got to have her with me from that time I met you in that little chapel at UAMS. I appreciate the time, God. I appreciate the memories that we got to have together, the laughs that we got to have together. God, I thank you for the time of having her. God, I thank you that even though I don't completely understand all the reasons, well, all the reasons why uh, it, healing didn't manifest right at this moment. I still will never doubt who you are in this earth. I praise you because even though the enemy wanted me to think that I lost, the victory is this. She in heaven, baby. So even though you're flesh in the reality, you can get so caught up in the moment and like, oh, all of this, but we still have victory. You know why we still have victory? Because at the end of the day, God has stolen the sting of death. Death has no sting. Why? Because we still spend eternity with the Father. We still see victory. And so I just praise God. Even in there, holding my mom's cold hand. Because you know why? Because at the end of the day, joy is a choice. And because I had Holy Spirit on the inside of me, I chose to tap into that joy. And I thank God for what he allowed me to experience in my mother. And I chose to thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness. God didn't doubt us because here's the thing that I, and I'll say this because it's my mama and I can say it about my mama and, and, and things of choice because I, I want to help somebody. God didn't take my mama. My mama made some real poor choices with her life. And so a lot of times when we, we blame God, he needed an angel. He didn't need an angel. My mama could have made some better choices with her life. And that's just the truth about it. And a lot of times 
we don't want to talk about the reality of death. The reality of death sometimes is people made poor choices. And you can't beat up your earthly body and expect for it to function properly. Now, this is my mama, so I can talk about her. I ain't talking about your mama. I ain't talking about your big mama. But I'm saying y'all blaming God for a lot of stuff that some of the people that you lost in your family, not everybody, you know, but some of these people just made bad choices. And when you participate in systems like that, then you know what's going to happen. Tell me this. If you don't pay your bill for three months, what's going to happen to your lights? If you don't pay your car note for three months, what's going to happen to your car if you don't hide it? You know, what's going to happen? And so we get mad at God because mama didn't eat right. Mama didn't exercise. Mama didn't do X, Y, and Z that, 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 uh, that uh, the doctors told her to. Mama didn't do it. But now we mad at God. God ain't out. I love the coming. God ain't out here killing folks. He ain't. If truth be told, and I'm going to say it because I, I really don't. I, I care about you. I care about your opinion. But what I care about most is your freedom. And sometimes freedom, if you ever look in history, freedom has always come with a cost. Nobody has ever gotten free because some easily. Even your freedom as a believer came at the death of Christ. So here's the freedom that I want to tell you. God ain't out here killing folks. People out here killing themselves and we blaming God for it. That's the truth. That's the freedom that you need to hear tonight. Free yourself. You didn't, you ain't the reason somebody died. You're not. My mama went to her deathbed grieving the death of my grandma. Who had, had who had died several years prior to, if not decades and more. I mean, she would see a picture of my grandmother and just ball, I mean, just tears bawling out, full out depression, right? She never moved past that grief. She never moved past a lot of that stuff and that grief, the depression, all of those things cause sickness just to dwell in her body. And here's the crazy part. And I'm telling the story of my mama because I want to see you free. My mama came and lived with me. She lived with me for, I forgot how long she lived with me. But while she lived with me, I made sure she ate. I made sure she had all these things, right? My mama came off almost all of her medications while she was living with us. But her mindset still wanted to take care of everybody else. So she left freedom. This is going to bless some of y'all. She left freedom because the comfort of dysfunction was so well known to her that she went back to that because the, the, the discomfort of experiencing the freedom that she was now experiencing was so not what she liked. So my mother, who was free of medications, left freedom because freedom was uncomfortable. It's not what she was used to for the 50 something years of her life. 
It was not what she, she was used to. So she left our house, went and got her own place and went back to her old way of living, taking all the medicine back into all the bondage. And that's what ended up causing things to happen. And you out here got the nerve to be mad at God. He didn't need no angel. and We don't become angels when we die. He didn't need none of that. You got to understand, joy is a choice. Praise is a choice. And that's what makes us different from everything else God ever created. He created us to choose. And so you got to choose that I'm going to praise God. You got to choose that I'm going to trust God. You got to choose to let some people go. And I'm going to say that every Sunday because I hear that strongly by the spirit. You got to choose to let some people go. It doesn't matter how long them relationships been there. You got to choose to let some people go. It don't matter how well and how long they've been a, a, a friend of the family. You got to choose to let some people go. Your freedom is tied up in your ability to obey God. Somebody go ahead and type this. It's okay to choose me. It's okay to choose me. It's okay to choose me. And that's the thing that I wish my mama would have learned. And that's the thing that I've learned from watching my grandmother and watching my mama because they died, died similarly in, in, in a fashion. And I said, you know what, God? I won't, I won't choose to have a blind eye towards this. It's okay to choose Ralph. It's okay to tell my family no. It's okay to tell friends no. It's okay to choose me. Normalize that as well. Normalize God ain't out here killing folks and normalize the fact it's okay to choose me. Because if you don't choose yourself, other people will choose you, use you, and spit you out. That's what's going to happen. And then when you die, they're going to grieve and they're going to be at the funeral and they're going to say they miss you. But guess what? They're going to keep on living. They're going to keep on living. It's okay to choose you. Because So in summary, praise is not the result of everything working out in our lives. It is the, res it is the result of the, it is the driving force that makes things work in our lives. Let me say it again. Praise is not the result of everything working out in our lives. It is the driving force that makes things work out in our lives. Praise grabs our focus and puts it on God. Praise grabs our focus and puts it on God. That's how I could help hold my mama's hand in the midst of death because what? Praise grabbed my focus and put it on God. And no matter that it's death and earth, it's life eternal, baby. So praise grabs. That's how you can praise God. Praise your way up out of feeling sad because you don't got enough money. You can praise your way up out of not being married and you 40. Who said you had to be married before at a certain age? That doesn't matter. Praise is the driving force that makes things work out in our life. It grabs your focus and it puts it on God. It makes everything else so small that you don't even recognize them. See, that's how you can go through the fire and don't even smell smoke on you. That's how you can go through situations and then even realize you're the doubt. That's how you can go through things and you're like, man, and you look back on life, dude, we really were broke. <laughs> Man, we really was po. We weren't even. We didn't even have no or on it. We were po po. Man, you can look back on those things, and then because you focused on God and because you praise God, you look back and like, 
man, in hindsight, dude, it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. But you didn't even notice it. Why? Because praise shift your focus on God. And then God, you knew it was a finished work. You knew where you was going to end up. So you weren't tripping about having little debt there. You knew what you was going to end up. You weren't tripping about having a loss of income here. You knew what you were knew where you were going to end up. So that's how you go through trials and not even notice because you praise God. Your focus will stay on God. You were so busy praising God and so busy uh, inhabiting the things that uh, he was doing for you and his goodness that you didn't even know the physical wasn't your ideal life. You didn't even notice it. And I couldn't find a scripture that talks about that, but you didn't even notice it. You walked through the fire and you didn't even know that you were in it. You walked through the storm and you didn't even notice you were in the storm. You walked through the trial and didn't even know you was on trial. Why? Because your praise saw the finished work and your focus was so keen on God that you didn't even notice that you were without because you really wasn't ever without. It was always manifesting, baby. It was always coming to pass. So praise is how you make your problems an afterthought. Praise is how you make your problems an afterthought. And this is the impact that praise makes on our life. This is the impact that praise makes on our life. So I love you guys. I, I love you. But don't you live your life without praising God. Every day you praise God. Because as you praise God, you won't even notice you just going to come out on the, uh, you're going to go to sleep here. You're going to wake up there. Blessings on top of blessings, on top of blessings, on top of blessings. That's how you're going to experience God. But some of you are so down and out because you are focusing on your reality instead of focusing on the finished work. So my prayer, and I know I'm praying a couple times tonight, but my prayer tonight is this that you make a decision to choose joy, that you make a decision to choose the knowledge of the word so that your faith may grow and your praise may confirm and energize what you already know is done. That's my prayer for you tonight. And if you don't know Jesus, then that's what you got to do tonight. You don't wait. If you don't know Jesus, then tonight's your night, right now. Right now, you need to know Jesus. If you've never accepted him as your Lord and your personal Savior, you got you need to make that happen tonight. It ain't real tedious and it ain't real long because Je Jesus already chose you, baby. If you're living, living, if you're breathing, Jesus chose you. So you might as well say this, God, I choose you tonight. I choose you to be my Lord. I choose you as my Savior. I choose you tonight. If that's you, go ahead and type in the comments. If you like, I've never given my life to Christ. Or, or you know what? I, I want to rededicate my life. And I mean, you can rededicate it. God never left you, but he okay with you rededicating if that's you need. I choose you, God. God, I choose you back because <laughs> he already chose you. I choose you, God. I want you in my life. I accept you as Lord. And with that, you know, comes Hey, he's forgiven you of all your sins. Because choosing God means in choosing to let go of your own life. I don't hold myself, uh, uh, I don't blame myself for all that other stuff that happened. I don't say I'm a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You have been justified. You have been set free. And God, as a born-again believer, God sees you the same way he sees Jesus. And I'm going to teach this one day, but 
about the Lord who forgets. You understand that God purposely chooses to forget so that he can always see you as he sees his son, Jesus. So you up here remembering sin, disqualifying yourself, bringing shame and condemnation on you. And the Lord don't even know what you're talking about and why you feeling condemned. Why? Because he's already forgotten. And that's what we have as salvation when we come to Jesus. So you guys be blessed. Let me run through these announcements real quick. All right. And uh, I agreed. As I saw some of the comments. But if you chose, uh, if you chose to give your life to Christ, message us. Let us know because. And also, if you don't have a church home, we want you to get connected. So if you don't have a church home, we'd love for FOC to be the place that you worship. We're a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every single area of your life. And so if you feel like FOC should be your home, then you run on over to focchurch.com, go down there to that partnership, and you fill out a thing for partnership. If you like, I'm not sure if FOC uh, is my home, you can still become a partner, but let us know. We'll help you find a church in your local area that you can connect with, but we want you to be connected to the kingdom. That's what we want. And so the scriptures, uh, the script, I mean, the, cup, the scriptures, geez, the uh, announcements tomorrow, we'll, where we'll start. Wednesday, fresh Bible study, we here now, live. Appreciate you guys hanging in there. Uh, tomorrow, Ignite, 7 p.m., and on-demand lessons for Victory Zone. And so uh, you can visit focchurch.com for Victory Zone. Friday nights, I mean, Friday mornings at 6.30 a.m., that's when the champions gather, champion circles prayer. Meet us there. Set your alarm now. Invite a friend uh, and meet us there. Saturday, uh, kick it, relax, praise God, amen, uh, study the word, Spend some time with your family. Sunday morning at 9 a.m., join Pastor Chris and Brother Valley, uh, Elder Valley, for uh, Kristen Valley Worship. Uh, make sure, if you haven't, she sent out an announcement, go to her page, go to your settings, and make sure that you select See All Live Videos. All right? Make sure you see that so you can get the notification. Then at 9.30, we're back here uh, for Sunday Celebration with Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean. Followed up Monday at noon for Sunday celebration. Strategies for success with Pastor Sean on her professional page, Sean Strickland, and her personal page, I think, as well, at Sean Dennis Strickland. Tuesday nights, we have prayer at 8 p.m. Uh, so make sure that you govern yourself according to announcements. Don't forget to give. Uh, the giving information will be on your screen. Uh, make sure you give. Uh, the Giveify, Push Pay, Tiley, Text to Give or PayPal at FOCChurchNWA.com. So, and subscribe to all of our podcasts, Facebook, iTunes, Google, uh, Spotify, all those places. And this is what I will tell you. Uh, and I don't always say this, but I believe that really this is a word that could really set some people free. So if you know some people that's been struggling with depression, especially the last part of the message with, with death and things like that, guys, share the word with them. Share the word with them because we want people to be free because at the end of the day, what we want to do uh, is uh, be more focused on our personal freedom than we is than we are the gospel. And so the gospel is first place in everything that we do. So make sure that we're sharing the gospel in all things. So I love you guys. Be blessed. Have a very good night. And I will see you guys Friday morning at 630 a.m. for Champions Circle. Be blessed.